0: That's a this. So, this is going to be episode one of probably one <laughs> of the Big Talks podcast starring Ben and Randy and maybe other people later on. All right, Bert Kreischer. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, Shut up. good evening. Don't be a doormat. <laughs> Alright, be serious. I'm serious. I'm 100% serious. Alright, because <clears throat> I'm about to get real serious. Okay. Alright, don't be a doormat. No. When COVID-19 first hit, me and my wife lost our jobs. My initial thought was, how are we going to be able to make our bills with no income? As I was only part-time and could not collect unemployment... The only income we got was from my wife's. Her initial thought was, I needed a vacation anyways, so now that I have time, let's go. I opposed her wants for vacation at first, but when you don't want me to be happy, and that's what our stimulus check or tax returns are for, tactics came into play, I gave in. Bills began to pile up notices and missed calls became more apparent and we were planning our third trip to Disney and making final touches for our trip to LA. My role in the household was reduced by our roommate living with us and as I continued to plead for our bills to get paid, my voice was overspoken by the louder force of this roommate. My wife began to view me as the enemy of responsibility and the other guy as righteous savior of childlike fun and easygoing nature. Seeing that my wife had begun to distance herself from me, I gave up. I stopped bringing up the bills. I stopped worrying about the chores around the house. And I too adopted the lack of responsibility bug that had dug its way into our home. I let it feed on my spirit and devour my mind. I place blinders on my eyes to keep me from seeing the signs that my wife was leaving me emotionally. Now I sleep on a couch in the basement of my pastor's house while another man sleeps in my bed. I no longer have a home to walk into, a wife to kiss, not even a dog of my own to pet. The bank calls every day for money for a house that I am locked out of. While another bank sends threats to tow away the car that I drive to work, all that i have had, all that I have had built up with my wife has sunk into the ground, now an empty hole, the only thing left over sitting beside the pit, the doormat, now like a mirror reflecting who I am as a man, I am tossing that doormat into the depths with the rest of my failures and turning away. My optimism has gotten me a long way as it is, but now in my 20s, I am not allowed to remain naive to the notion that if I cannot be cruel, I will always be overtaken by another who can. Evil will always triumph over good in this world unless the good had originally come out of the evil. A white rabbit gently... Moving over snow will paint the snow with its blood as it is struck by the arrow of a hunter gathering food for his family. A sniper in a field delivers an accurate bullet through the body of his country's adversary by the discipline of knowing if his shot misses, his team is compromised. We cannot survive in this world without first understanding it. Evil cannot fall to good in an earthly sense without the good having knowledge of what evil can produce. If you have no imagination for cruelty, it will surprise you every time. Now as this realization comes to the foreground of my vision, the question I ask myself and others around me, how willing am I now to stand firm against the actions of evil? Am I willing to fight against the world for the greater good? That is my duties as a man and as a leader and an example of a follower in Christ. So, I leave that question up to for us to discuss. How willing are we to stand firm against the actions and cruelty of this world and not let it walk over top of us? What are we going to do to make sure that... um, our truths are heard, Would be a start. Hmm.
1: Avoiding the fear of public per- uh, perception. The what? Avoiding the fear of public perception. Don't you think? Really? You want to elaborate on that? <laughs> Well, you have some form of, like, emotional drawback to the things that you do due to the people that are around you, as you explained in the excerpt. Okay. So, avoiding that public's perception, in spite of making sure that the truth is heard, is what really gets you beyond that step of being dormant. And then understanding that the things that you say as a result of that is what's supposed to provide value to people. Whether you, whether those people grow or not, you've said this before, whether people grow or not, it's like, it's going to be up to them, but you've got a specific set of nutrients that you can provide. And the the thought of uh, the thought of how somebody that you care about is going to react often clouds the judgment as to what we should do, and
0: as to whether or not we allow other people to control our actions. I keep totally just like throwing this into your face because it's like it's like not picking you up and then picking you up so we got to like we got to work on that but that's all right because it's the first one. Well I mean but um pass the mic works don't you think? Pass the mic does work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean honestly I would definitely agree that emotions definitely drive us um in a direction that all of our all of our directions that we go in life are charged off of those emotions that we feel because that's just how we've always lived mm-hmm. like um when you grow up as a child and um there's something in front of you that you want you whine and you cry and scream until you're given what it is that you want
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so off of that same behavior, it builds in your mindset. Okay, if I whine and cry, it'll be all better because I'll get whatever I want.
1: It's so a coping mechanism, basic one. Yeah. But giving into that natural coping mechanism is what separates a Christian from.
0: A non-christian right because we're um, if you think of it um, from like a biblical standpoint the world around us can't necessarily understand the truth and power of God because they can't physically feasibly grasp it in their hands and see it with their own eyes Mm -hmm. so it's hard to put faith and trust behind that um but sometimes
1: it's not even sometimes it's not even a tangible item sometimes it's the emotions that are coming with it as well yeah because off of that earlier analogy sometimes you're seeing somebody else have a product that produces an emotion that you believe that you could have as
0: well So another problem that I've noticed a lot of people that I've been in contact with and talking through, because if you don't know my situation, um, it's a really long one, so I can get into that on another one. But I've been in contact with a lot of people trying to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to – what would be a good path for me to be taking. I'm always seeking out different advice because I myself, as I have just explained – the doormat scenario is one that I'm very familiar with. Mm. I've always um, driven. I, I've had this unwillingness to not have compassion for the other person that I'm speaking to, which not necessary, which isn't necessarily a bad quality. It's nice to have compassion, but it's also it's also good to understand when you have to set that aside. For what is right mm. like um, my mother has this has this problem. Um, I've got two older brothers and a younger sister, and when we're not acting the way that we're supposed to be acting, or we're in deep trouble because of our own actions, or we left the house with our own understanding about the world and then tried to fight the world uh, and then got crushed under it. My mom has so much compassion behind her and so much love for that other person. She'll put herself in danger emotionally and also physically, maybe even financially, just to help that other person. Mm -hmm. When in reality, that other person is the reason why they're in that mess. And And it's not up to your parents or your pastor or your friends or other family members to get you out of that situation. It's up to you because you're the one who got you into it. You're the one who has to be able to get yourself out of it.
1: As a person experiencing, as a kid experiencing that, did you feel that that was the relationship that you accidentally set
0: yourself up for? Absolutely. Um, because like I said, I've always been raised off of that compassion and I've always, my, when I was growing up in Florida, um, my father was angry and that anger was very apparent to me. I could see it. It was right in front of me. I mean, um, he is the in that time period he was the embodiment of do not mess with me because i will show you what it means to mess with me mm. um so that anger um when i moved up um that anger and rage that i that i could see whether it was him arguing with my grandmother going back and forth at each other or um having a outburst of his temper when it comes to anybody like a random passerby that that, you know, gives him rubs him the wrong way, or, you know, minor blow ups here and there that end up becoming major blow ups and explosions. I didn't want to live like that. Mm-hmm. So I just cut it straight out of my life. Rather, I t- I took it away. Rather than re- rather than recognizing the moments as to where he provided the same love that your mom did. In this sense. So with all of that anger, me ta- separating myself from that and deciding that's not for me, and then take I took on the exact role of the compassion and love and mm-hmm. gentle gentle behavior of my mom. The overcompensation to it. There you. there is definitely a little bit of overcompensation with that. It's it's a good quality to have compassion, don't get me wrong, but Um, there has to be moments where you can set that, where you can set all of that emotion aside to be able to deliver righteous action.
1: Do you feel that the... Do you think that the ability to not be a doormat is the perfect mix of that, though?
0: Well, I would say don't be a doormat, but also don't be a, you know a jerk about it (laughs) you know like there's got to be some kind of like uh, a balance between it like in the analogy that i gave of the the rabbit in the snow versus versus the hunter like the rabbit in the snow is the picture of you know the gentleness and kindness that um the world's definitely going to swallow up because they're at the they're like at the bottom of the food chain they only eat the grass. They're they're so they're fluffy. They're cute. They're gentle. They're you know love loving and kind. And then the hunter comes along and just boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be, but the only reason why the hunter went out of the way to destroy that rabbit was to feed his family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the rabbit served purpose. With
1: with its death, it was essentially justified that the rabbit's uh, purpose with surviving was to provide somebody else with extra nourishment, in the sense of why somebody would choose to be a doormat. You feel that you are
0: a necessity for other people to be clean before they enter into a house right but the only problem with continuing to be like that it's not necessarily virtuous for you to always be that rabbit mm-hmm. as opposed to being the hunter going out and finding food to bring to the table for your family um another example would be like like i was telling you earlier about the about the 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 skilled swordsmen in battle mm-hmm. Um, they have this really sharp, powerful sword, um, and that somebody who somebody who's really skilled with a blade like that—they have strength about them and power, and they have that skill to to understand exactly what to do when it is necessary to to kill or to to exact um, uh, a moment right then and there. But to understand that they have the power to do that, and to keep it sheathed, regardless, that is where the virtue comes in. So, I, so that's where I would say, don't be a doormat, <clears throat> but know your limits to it. It's not like um, like I was talking about in the sermon that I was that I was giving um, a couple Sundays ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta look. You gotta look inwards before you can project outwards. If you're you know if you're going around and just you know you shouldn't be doing this, you should be going after this or you need to be setting yourself right Mm -hmm. or you know you're always on attack mode you're throwing yourself out there to get to get bit. You know you're you're throwing yourself out there to get to get hit. Putting your hands in, putting your hand in I know. Yeah, you're yeah. like you're definitely throwing yourself out there to the wolves if you're deciding, you know what, I'm going to just the hell with everybody. I'm going to go and be a mean guy for the rest of my life so I don't, you know, I don't get hurt in any situation. That's not healthy either. So you have to find some form of a balance between the two of, you know, if it's right and it's true – I am firm in it. Mm. If it is not, if it is unrighteous and foolish and evil, I'm standing against it. I'm not going out of my way to become that evil, to defeat that evil. I'm pointing out that it exists and I'm going out to put a stop to it.
1: Mm. And honestly... That's where Black Lives Matter went from (laughs) That's what I was thinking the whole time. Like you know the the not pulling your sword, I'm like, yep, that's exactly what Black Lives Matter was saying about not pulling your gun. Well And then I Yeah, but then they decided
0: but that's that if we wanted to keep up with that analogy, yeah, don't pull out your gun. Don't burn down a building just because you just because you're angry. Yeah. That like it's like it says in the Bible, like I told you this morning, <laughs> like I told you yes. this morning. Yeah, yeah. Be angry, do not sin. Mm-hmm. I'm. The, I'm. I, it's hard because I'm the white guy that's saying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things in this in this world that's gonna the world's definitely gonna be throwing punches at you mm. if you're deciding if you're deciding today that you wanna that um. Um, the truth is more important than your emotions. You have to set aside, you have to take a stand and understand, put your emotions to rest. The importance of truth triumphs over the importance of the person you're talking to and your own emotions towards them. And I understand that it's hard. Because obviously it is because you have some form of an emotional tie to whoever it is that you're that you're, you know, living with or dealing with or talking with in that scenario. It's hard because you are emotionally connected to that person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if you've been with the same person for for years and years now, um, you develop an emotional connection to them, and if you're both living wrong. And then something clicks where you say, you know what, our life the way that it is right now is not the way that we, that we ought to be. And, it's, and things aren't working out. I can see why they're not working out. We need to move towards finding a new way to get through life better, right? And if you have that sudden moment, but they're not with you on that, Address it anyway. If they're not willing to follow, don't be afraid to continue. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and that off of that, that's where a lot of us use our emotional judgment to stop stop ourselves. And it's because we have this subtle fear of being alone. And we feel feel that when we need to move forward, we're leaving the people or we're dragging the people that we're supposed to be bringing with us behind. Which, in a sense, makes you feel like you're ahead of everyone or you're alone within the struggles that you're choosing to pull onto yourself for other people. Yeah. And that fear of being alone and stop. That's that stops us from thinking clear enough to do th- do the right thing for other people.
0: It's also important to understand that even in trying to do for other people, ultimately that's all we can do is try. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's not, it, ultimately it's not going to be up to us what their end goal is. Whatever comes their way is going to come, no matter what. Mm. The only thing we can do at, at here and now on Earth is deliver the message. If they decide to hear it, they decide to hear it. If they turn away from it, keep delivering the message. That's the best we can do is try. Mm. Even it like like I was saying, even if it even if you only hit the goal seventy percent of the time it's still a lot better than hitting it no percent of the time. Mm. So the absolute best that we can do is try. Um, speaking into stapled ears is exhausting. (laughs) You can't keep (laughs) banging your head on the same doormat. And don't, don't, don't stand for it. If they, if, if you're, if you're, if you end up just banging your head into the wall, Unless there's a nail in front of your head and you're doing construction and you're, you know, using your head for some reason instead (laughs) of a hammer, you're not making any, you're, 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 you're not being productive. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it's time to let it go. Like um, the example that Jordan Peterson gave that I gave to you of the scuba diver or not the scuba, the lifeguard going out to save the person who's drowning. If that person that's drowning, the, if the person that's drowning comes up to the lifeguard and starts dragging them down out of panic, you have to push them off. Because if you both go down, you both go down. And what was the point in trying to save them? You can take that as it is in relation to like toxicity within your friend circle. Mm. If they don't want like it's one so tying it back to not being a doormat it's okay to stand up for what is right yeah. and it's okay to lose to lose friends over that you're going to but your friends should also be the ones that you can say tell that you can you know they're going to lift you up when something good happens to you They'll be there to listen when something bad happens. They're not they're going to have the same goals and aspirations as you anyways. Their ulti- their ultimate goal as your friends and your ultimate goal as their friends is to build up that is the ultimate goal is to build up the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you lose friends over deciding today, you're going to not you're not going to stand for it anymore. That's okay better things will come later on. It's just a matter of perspective and time. Like, um...
1: Well, giving giving too many perspectives also clouds the judgment as to where the entire group should move forward. Sometimes having one specific person to be the Uh, directing uh, to do the directing with how the group moves forward with toxicity, with um, relationships or with uh, accountability as well that provides the uh, it provides the structure that the friend group can definitely follow but the leader inside of that group can't put themselves into the position that thinking of thinking that the entire group is surviving off of them. Well,
0: that, and, um, it's important to also understand that if you all have the same mindset, then you will all work as a team. Mm. You're all, if you all have the same mindset, you won't have to worry about anything like that the same would go for a good marriage.